0: Hello and welcome to episode number 140 of the Agro Innovations Podcast. This episode of the podcast has been released onto our website, slash podcast, on Tuesday, May 20th, 2014. On this episode of the podcast, I'll be featuring the second installment of my interview with Doran Cox. This is the last of the 2011 2012 interviews that were in the archive. Before the extended hiatus of the Agro Innovations podcast, I have a lot of other interviews now in the archive that are much more recent. I haven't done too many interviews recently because I did quite a few uh, just a few months ago with some great folks, um, and those are coming up here shortly. So stay tuned for those. If you like the Agro Innovations podcast and would like to support it, please click on the PayPal donate button in the right hand side of the website agroinnovations.com now here's my interview with Farm Hack pioneer new hampshire farmer and open source advocate Dorn cox i also wonder um if you could talk about how Open source is such a critical piece of this. I mean, could could you explain to, to listeners the rationale behind open source and how the idea and the spirit of open source fits into this broader vision that you have?
1: Sure. I mean, I think most fundamentally uh, that opens the the open source ag technology. If you if you just imagine it like. A, uh, Wikipedia for agricultural uh, technology uh, but for mechanical devices uh, that's sort of the very shorthand way of uh, talking about it but what we want to do is promote an economy that's that's focused on uh, deriving product uh, sorry profit from production rather than protection so that instead of protecting ideas and deriving uh, profit from limiting access to it. Uh, the idea is that if we all uh, contribute to improving our production processes, and we focus instead on uh, producing more and better and more efficiently locally, and deriving our livelihoods from that, that everybody is better off. So, um, um, and and this fits very much into this this, in, in some sense, the older uh, Yankee mentality or the New England mentality of sort of. Uh, you know, you, you you help your neighbor to be more independent, so they don't come knocking on your door in the middle of the winter because they run out of food. Um, this is uh, sort of a, a mutually dependent independence idea that we're all we're we're all contributing uh, together to uh, build a body of knowledge that's going to make us all p- more profitable and independent from one another, um, and uh, and and especially in New England and a lot of the country. Uh, we're not competing against one another. What we're really competing against is the agricultural industrial system that's that's flooding our market. And that, uh, again, when we have 5% of the market, there's a long ways to go uh, for the uh, local agricultural producers to to, to, to cooperate in developing a better system to provide for the needs of the people in our own communities.
0: Another point uh, that's related to this is the um, difficulty, I think, in getting people to understand... I mean, open source is a concept that comes from the world of software, which is, you know, for most people, quite separate from agriculture and farming. And so the concept of open source is not something necessarily a broad audience is familiar with. Have you had problems conveying this concept of open source to people or is it something that people just intuitively grasp right away
1: i guess most of the people i've encountered are familiar enough with uh, uh with wikipedia that that's enough of a an entry into it um so and 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 maybe i'm i'm losing people on the way but i i haven't I, i'm not aware of it anyway <laughs>
0: I think another big obstacle to this uh, open source appropriate technology revolution is capital. Uh, the financing and the access to capital has always been kind of a thorn in the side of open source technology. Uh, in the software arena, they've managed to build software as a service so that they can deal with that to to a greater extent. But in the agricultural implement area and the hardware area in general, it's been more problematic What do you see are some of the challenges on the capital and financing end of things? And how is this going to be resolved? Is it just something that's going to have to continue to be a low capital enterprise? Or will people be able to come together and put together the financing that's needed to really supercharge this? I mean,
1: I think there are are some creative models that are just being developed now um, for 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 financing sort of the research and development side. But I think there's a lot of research in the development that already happens on farm uh, that where the farmers are taking a hundred percent of the risk and have no, no feedback. And if they're, and so this is, I see open source uh, farm equipment development as, as being a social contract and, and part of the open source community ethos is that if you take from, you know, the knowledge base that you also give, Give back any improvements that you have, but you're recognizing that uh, if you can save a season of doing something in you know or poorly or making trying an approach and not having it work through interactions with uh, other folks, you have an and an, but it's something that you're going to do anyway. You, it's that's that's the key is that you're going to get uh, value out. You're gonna you're you're already trying an approach um, and. That your interaction with the community is actually reducing the risk of the approach you're taking. Um, so that's that's your contract uh, with, with with the open source community. Um, you've already committed to to some sort of risk. You're doing your own research and development already. This is uh, just making it go a little faster uh, and reducing uh, the risk of of failure somewhat. Or if you fail, you're able to contribute back to the rest of the community uh so that they don't have to uh they can benefit from your your uh mistakes because it is different than software you do have higher hardwood costs you've got steel and welding gas and everything else that you're spending uh in engineering time and fabrication time uh that's put into each iteration so it it is a challenge um but uh the key is that it's it's something that that you're that that each operation has an immediate need for themselves already it's not identifying a market where you have to then sell it somewhere else it's going to be that device is going to be used on farm for a need that's already there so you're not trying to market it I guess is the, the key
0: one of the things that you mentioned to me as you and I chatted briefly at the cavea conference was this need to have you know basically CNC machines that can just read these parts from some repository somewhere on the internet or on a cd and then just basically cut them or print them or whatever um can you tell us about this vision of open source cnc machines fabricating these parts
1: sure that's that's sort of the next step i mean right now uh you know we're looking with the with the farm hack website when we get that uh uh, launched uh, to have at least CAD files, but those can be translated into computer uh, CAM files, which is machine language, uh, so that the uh, uh, components can be uh, automatically cut out. And that dramatically reduces the, the cost of, of production of uh, machine components. Often if you take a uh, a design into a machine shop, uh, at least my experience has been, it's about 50% of the cost is getting them to to code their uh, their milling machine to cut it out. If you can just hand them the finished code, uh, then the cost of production for each additional copy goes way down. Um, so, um, uh, so and those are simply digital files, and so there's no reason why they can't be uh, part of a repository uh, in part of a uh, uh, this. Uh, open source community so in addition to having a general device descriptions uh, on online and and uh, and uh, that explain how a device works you can also have these files that can be handed right off to your uh, local machinist
0: I'm glad that other people are, are thinking about that as well um,
1: but I, 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 but I, want, I also want to point here because this this the, the the open source technology discussion can very easily lead to a focus on you know things that we manufacture instead of this other approach. We're we're also at the same time looking for ways where we don't even have to manufacture uh, this uh, these. Uh, uh, these devices, uh, these tools, out of uh, out of steel, and, and that use a lot of energy. If we, as much as possible, also keep in mind these other biological approaches uh, to reduce the overall uh, manufacturing cost as well as energy input in the entire operation. So the, these uses of uh, planting cover crops uh, and uh, to substitute for weed suppression and herbicides and uh, and tillage, I, I think, can't be overestimated.
0: Yeah, and thank you for reminding us of that. Um, you've referred to it a few times in the course of this interview, and it's one of the questions in my list, so it's the reason why I haven't pressed you further on it. But what I want you to do is break down for us what exactly is Farm FarmHack, uh, what are the goals of it, how does it work, and how can people uh, participate and get involved in Farm Hack?
1: Sure, but uh, I just recently came across FarmHack, which is an open source mechanical uh, uh, project for farm technology through the National Young Farmers Coalition, um, uh, and they are in the process right now of uh, hosting a number of events around the country. These FarmHack events, which uh, comes which again is uh, referencing the sort of the computer hacking world, using the, the hack term to uh, repurpose or, or uh, sort of a, a, a software um, and applying it to the, the to the farm world. Um, and they posted a number of events, and they're in the process of developing a much more sophisticated website, which will uh, do a number of the things that we've talked about today with. Uh, 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 providing a forum for documenting existing farm devices to the point where they can be reproduced anywhere in the world, as, as well as uh, provide a community uh, for developing these and exchanging ideas, um, and uh, um, and I uh, I expect that uh, over the next six months that 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 new site will uh, will be. Live and and testable, and, and we'll we'll start to see some examples of these. I know uh, GreenStart plans on using that format to document its open source biodiesel processor. We have a farm scale OD huller, a uh, um, couple other devices, uh, the oilseed press, and uh, Peltmill are probably on the list. I know there are a number of uh, cultivators that are going to go up for for the vegetable producers through that. Uh, adapted to, you know, LSG-type cultivating tractors, things like that.
0: Well, one of the things that, a uh, couple of things that could be included there is some of the work of the Full Belly Project, who they've worked with um, more human-powered machines for more of a third-world context, but they've built some nutshellers and and uh, some bicycle-powered machines. They're all exactly. open source and as now, well.
1: The, the work that they're doing right now is to make the, you know, the the core platform, uh solid enough that it can it can take uh, as uh, it can uh, it can, uh, it can uh, handle a much larger community that that um and uh handle lots of different projects uh in in uh, in an easy to manage way
0: well this is something that i've been advocating for for at least 5 years now and i don't know if anybody has actually read any of the things that i've written or uh, you know, listen to any of the podcasts uh, in terms of the people who are involved in this, but I'm very happy to see this taking off, regardless, and uh, it's very exciting.
1: Yeah, I, 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 I'm extremely excited about it. It's something that uh, I was, you know, it's something that uh, from the earlier earliest days in the biodiesel community, which was mostly uh, housed the you know, open source was mostly just housed on on forums all over the internet. Uh, we, you know, we certainly played around with these ideas, uh, you know, six or eight years ago, um, and so I was extremely excited to come across the the, the National Young, uh, Young Farmers Coalition concept uh, with a, a, a national forum, so that uh, is broader than just a, a single, uh, you know, specialty area. It's not just vegetable growers, and it's not biodiesel enthusiasts. It's it's really. Uh, a, Cuts across uh, a much larger spectrum, which I think is important because the, the same principles apply uh, whether you're building an OD hauler or or a cultivating you know tractor adapt uh, uh, adapter.
0: Now do you see many people working on the on the software/ hardware aspect of things like you know actually working on the CNC machines to, to build the parts or, or any of that uh, for a farm? Uh, oriented purpose, or is that not happening, or, or are you not aware of anything like that that's happening?
1: Well, I, I think th- the challenge will be simply getting the designs uh, translated into uh, CNC. So it will be up to folks who, when they have it manufactured, to ask for the code and then have the ability to post it. Um, so, uh, But there are other folks who are working particularly on farm software, which is also very uh, easy to move into the open source world. There's a, a lot of standards for that already. Um, and there's an interface between software and hardware, especially with uh, what they call the Ar- Arduino chipset, where they're looking at developing uh, electronic farm solutions for automating, uh, especially greenhouse processes, but a lot of processes for irrigation and, uh, uh, and, uh, and ventilation and, and, and things like that.
0: Uh, one of the things that you and I discussed at the Cabrera conference as well was oh well, before I ask you about that uh, what would you anybody who 's listening to this who's excited about farm hack uh what would you recommend they do to to get involved
1: i I would recommend uh going to the uh national young farmers coalition website and uh and and signing up and uh, right now, it's more of a, a blog post. Uh, or if they're interested uh, uh, in in talking to me more directly about it, I'm happy happy to do that. It's uh, the the Young Farmers Coalition website is not my own, but I am excited about being involved and in, and in being part of and uh, developing a sort of a, a standard uh, to work through. Um, so, uh, one more thing is that uh, the National Young Farmers Coalition website will post. Uh, future FarmHack events, because this is not entirely an online community. This is also about uh, getting people together to further the creative process. So they are hosting them around the country, and and, uh, if uh, folks are interested in hosting an event in their area and getting people together to uh, further this process, then uh, that organization would be the one to coordinate uh, on that. If they're interested in uh, in, in uh, doing things in the Northeast, uh, Green Start has hosted one event, and we're, we're interested in certainly hosting more, and uh, they can find out more information there at uh, greenstartnh.org.
0: Well, I will link to both of those websites in the show notes for this episode of the podcast. Um, one of the things we were talking about is uh, sh- modifying shipping containers to make these technologies more mobile. Um, and making them perhaps more modular in the version of you attaching them to a trailer. Uh, what are your thoughts on this idea, and is this practical, and, and is this something that makes sense to do or, or not?
1: I, I certainly think that developing trailer-based systems is, is an excellent approach. Um, building systems that are are not Fixed and can be moved from farm to farm is certainly something that uh we've spent a lot of effort on and and see as a, as an important approach and and a way for uh neighbors to collaborate um where uh certainly that's the approach we've taken with the biodiesel as well as the oilseed press and and pellet mill um we've uh ended up going to a more fixed fixed approach with uh, grist mill and flour milling but uh um, I see I I certainly see uh, that building in a modular way enables for more uh flexibility and, and innovation and I think that that that's uh, that's something that uh, should be always a design objective. Just wanted to say that uh, one thing that if folks are interested in farm hack events that uh they will be posted on the National Young Farmers Coalition website uh, but if they're interested in hosting an event uh they should also get in touch um, because this is very much uh, a collaborative process and it's uh and it's about uh, getting folks together in in your region so uh I, w- I would encourage uh listeners to to go ahead and and do that um and and develop that community in in their locality and if they're interested in doing things in the Northeast region, that they should feel free to get in touch with uh, us at Green Start. We've hosted one FarmHack event, and we're looking forward to doing more. Um, and if they have particular ideas or needs, uh, that they should uh, also send them, send them along.
0: Been talking for almost about an hour now, and I wonder if there's anything else that I didn't ask you about that you'd like to talk about or, or anything um, that you really would like to make listeners aware of
1: well I, I guess uh the, the the biggest message that i always that uh, that motivates me um especially in sort of the national uh discussion about agriculture and uh especially in the context of uh, discussion around climate change and energy is uh is sort of repositioning where where agriculture sees itself in relationship to uh to uh climate change and energy um i I really think that uh that we hear a lot about the the surplus of uh, carbon in the atmosphere and global warming but uh, we don't hear so much about the other side of that equation that there that uh that there's the deficit of carbon in the soil and that's actually something that we know how to do and we profit by uh, by working on and improving, and it has very little it, 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 you can benefit from this with or without climate change and it 's something that if the climate wasn 't changing, we should be working on anyway and it 's not a divisive thing to talk about, so I would just encourage as you know while we 're talking about uh, all this open source technology and agricultural uh, techniques and so forth to to to, to just that uh, returning uh, carbon to the soil in the form of organic matter, which produces healthier soil, is really a, uh, something that we should all agree on, and can agree is 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 going to produce uh, a profitable and and, and healthy uh, society, um, and doesn't have a lot of the political baggage that uh, so many of the other things we talk about do. So I, I guess that's that's one of the primary motivation motiv- uh, uh, motivators for in in my life and i just want to make sure that i i share that
0: well i thank you for that and it's a message i think that will resonate well with many of the listeners as many of the programs that we've done in the past have had this sort of apolitical nature to them and in the same way that you describe that so many of these things just make us healthier and happier and have better stronger communities why wouldn't people want to do them right Well, Dorn Cox, I'd like to thank you for joining us today on this episode of the Agro Innovations Podcast. I'd like to thank you for the great work you're doing, uh, for the open source approach that you're taking, which is needed and um, in short supply in some sectors, but it's very encouraging to see it cropping up here and there, especially amongst young farmers and ranchers. And I'd like to thank you for the work that you're doing out there in New Hampshire as well.
1: Well, thank you uh, very much for having me. It's been a pleasure.
0: That concludes my interview with Dorn Cox. Now, since this interview took place, FarmHack has come out with their website platform that Dorn was talking about in the interview and uh, there's a lot of activity on there. So I would definitely recommend you go check that out. I will link to that in the show notes for this episode. Um, FarmHack has really taken off in the few years since he and I last spoke. So if you want to get involved in that movement, now is certainly a good time. And in fact, I believe you could host a Farm Hack event in your community and really... Start to build that farm hack community around the country, regardless of where you're located, if you're in a rural area or a suburban or urban area. I think uh, there are many different types of tools that um, can serve this community. One of the things Dorn mentioned was the use of Arduino for greenhouse type operations. And obviously, that's a topic that we've addressed here on the Agro Innovations podcast recently. But uh, it's certainly something that can be used in a suburban or urban landscape, and you may want to organize your farm hack meeting around that if you are in such an environment. And if you do decide to organize such a meeting, and this podcast inspires you to do so, please let me know, and I will share that with the listeners. This is the Agro Innovations Podcast. I'm your host, Frank Aragona. Until next time, saludos.